The Dallas Stars are headed back to Texas with two wins against division opponents. In their most recent game, they took down the Minnesota Wild by a score of 4-1. to one. one of the better games we've seen from this team on the road all season. On today's episode, we'll talk about how they did it, talk about some of the young players on this team and in this organization that continue to make huge impacts on their teams. And then to close out, we'll give you a quick preview of Saturday night's game against the San Jose Sharks. All of this coming up on a Friday episode of Locked on Stars. Your Locked on Stars, your daily podcast on the Dallas Stars. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Bing bong. Howdy, Stars fans. Welcome back to the Locked On Stars podcast, the only daily podcast covering the Dallas Stars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Dane Lewis, your local expert on all things Dallas Stars hockey, coming to you on this Friday, December 30th. And whether this is your first time here or you are a recurring listener, thank you for stopping by and for making Locked On Stars your first listen every single day. If you're new to the show and watching on YouTube, be sure to hit that subscribe button. And if you're listening on audio only, you can follow us on your favorite podcasting platform as well. And you can also find us on social media at Locked on Stars on both Instagram and Twitter and my personal Twitter account at Dane double underscore Lewis. Now, without any further hesitation, let's jump into today's episode talking about last night's big divisional win. For the Stars. This is a very important game for the team for many reasons and an important two points to pick up. Of course, against a red hot divisional opponent, the Minnesota Wild have been on the up and up over the past month or so, finally kind of have found their identity and have hit their stride and they know their strengths and they normally execute those strengths really, really well. But the Stars were able to shut them down for the most part outside of a really kind of bizarre goal from Kirill Kaprizov. Uh, and then, of course, this game also very important in terms of just getting points on the road. The Stars have really been fantastic on the road this season. And there's some points this season where they've looked better away from the American Airlines Center than they have looked while playing in the friendly confines of their own building. Been a little bit of a weird year for the Stars at home. They're still a really good team when they play at home. But when they play on the road, they just look different and in a really good way. I mean, many will remember last season even. The Stars were not necessarily a very good road team, especially in the first few months of the season. But the Stars have found a way here in 2022-2023 to play a clean, efficient game pretty consistently whenever they travel on the road. And that's paid huge dividends for them on this brief road trip with wins over the Predators on Tuesday and then Thursday night with a win over the Wild in their building. A sellout crowd. I mean, I heard and saw on Twitter that it was so sold out that Minnesota Wild players were struggling to get tickets for family and friends. I mean, just a packed house. Uh, and a lot of eyes on the Stars, and they came and, and lived up to the pressure and delivered a really great game. And a game that was really close for the first two periods, at least on the scoreboard, but the Stars finally found a way to kind of take their domination of the game in some of the more subtle areas and extend that to the scoreboard in the third period, where they scored three goals, three unanswered goals in the third period. And they really, I think, dominated the entire game. It just, like I said, didn't really translate up until the end of the matchup. Just took a second for that score 
to load and for things to truly get going for the Stars offense. But I mean, they outshot the Wild. We don't see the Stars outshoot their opponents very often. And when they do, it's never by this much of a margin. The Stars 43 shots on goal and the Wild 24 shots on goal. And the Stars also dominated in the faceoff circle, winning 70% of the draws as opposed to Minnesota only winning 30%. I think that that was a massive part of this game and a part of the game that might not get as much attention or credit, but the Stars have always been one of the best face-off teams in the league over the past few seasons. Guys like Jamie Benn, Tyler Sagan, Joe Pavelski, Luke Glendinning, Roddick Foxa, Rope Hints. I mean, so many guys on this team so effective in the face-off dot, and that's a huge reason why the Stars are so successful this season, and I know a reason why the Wild couldn't get a ton going is because they couldn't win those draws in their offensive zone, and they really couldn't get their offense running at the level that they really would have liked to have gotten it to for a game like this against a high-powered offense in the Stars. And then, of course, Dallas also taking the advantage on the power play, going 2-for-3 as opposed to the Wild only going 0-for-2 on the man advantage. Really nice performance from the Stars, really dominating in all aspects of the game on the road, and that included the goalie matchup as well. Jake Ottinger going up against one of his idols, one of his heroes in Marc-Andre Fleury. Jake Ottinger, he's been on a nice run as of late, and he put on a show last night in his home state, his family and friends in attendance. I know his dad was interviewed by Michelle McMahon on the Bally Sports broadcast. Really cool moment for Jake to shine and have one of his best performances of the season in front of so many loved ones, friends, and family. 23 saves, only one goal allowed, and he's been fantastic here in the month of December, going 8-3 and three with a .924 save percentage and a 2.21 goals against average and one shutout against the Anaheim Ducks near the beginning of the month. Jake Ottinger, a little bit shaky whenever he first came back from that injury he suffered against the New York Rangers, but really ever since the month of December has started, he has gotten back to doing Jake Ottinger things, which has just been playing with a ton of confidence, a ton of poise, and never really surrendering to the pressure of any game, whether it's a home game against a bad team or a road game in front of a sellout crowd with a really powerful offensive attack. Guys like Zuccarello, Kaprizov, I mean, that top line for the Wild, not quite as good as the Stars, but certainly some guys that you do have to take note of and guys that you cannot take lightly. And the other really nice part about this game is we saw the second power play unit for the Stars come to life a little bit. Uh, maybe they've been listening to the last few podcast episodes. Not really sure if we can confirm that, but they've really been playing well on this two-game road trip. They now have goals in two consecutive games, and they got the scoring started for the Stars on Thursday night. Very, very important. Tyler Sagan gets the goal there and also gets an empty net goal. And even though it's a goal with not too much resistance, no goalie to stop the puck, I think that's also a big play for Tyler Sagan. If he can really get his offensive game going, that takes the Stars team to another level and makes them even more dangerous night in and night out. So anything that Tyler Sagan can get, if you're a Stars fan, you absolutely take that. And if you're his teammates and you're his coaches, you absolutely love to see him producing in any way necessary. He gets that goal on the power play. Good play from Ryan Suter to put the puck on net and just a good stick from Tyler Sagan. And then we also saw a power play goal go in from the first unit as well as to be expected with how good they've been this season. Jamie Benn, of course, gets the goal. The Benessance continues and we see Rope Hintz and Jason Robertson pick up points in this game. Just an all-around very solid, very admirable Team effort in a game that was a little bit physical, a few high-sticking penalties from the Minnesota Wild, so some of these guys 
on the stars, taking some unnecessary shots and, I mean, just putting their bodies on the line for the good of the team. And it results in a big division win on a night where the Winnipeg Jets were also victorious in their game. The Stars still having a little bit of distance and they've now actually moved themselves into first place in the Western Conference. Both the Stars and the Vegas Golden Knights have 50 points, but the Stars do have a game in hand and I think also have an overall better points percentage. So officially, even with the same number of points on the season, the Stars actually ranked above the Vegas Golden Knights in the Western Conference, which is a really great spot to be and a spot that I don't think many people, including myself, expected the Dallas Stars to be in. I thought that they would be good and I thought they'd be in a spot for a playoff position at this point in the year, but I, I don't think I could have seen them being first in the division, first in the conference here at the end of 2022 going into the year 2023. Absolutely spectacular. This team continues to amaze me and a bunch of other people around the hockey world in all of the best ways. Well, we're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, we will shift our attention to Wyatt Johnston, who also had a phenomenal game on Thursday night, and he's been on a phenomenal tear as of late. And we're going to take a minute to talk about him and some of the other young talent here in the Stars organization and talk about why Stars fans should be excited for the next several years of Dallas Stars hockey. More on that right after this. Today's episode of Locked on Stars is brought to you by the NHTSA. You're hanging out with some friends and putting back a few drinks. A few becomes too many, and as the evening comes to an end, people start to head out, and you think of calling for a ride, but no. You live nearby, and you can make it home. It's really no big deal. What are the odds you'll get pulled over anyway? And even so, what's the worst that could happen? Your insurance goes up? You lose your license, your job, you total your car, or you kill someone? Everyone knows about the risks of driving drunk, and the results are tragic and often deadly. However, that still doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while under the influence, and that's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again. Play it safe and plan ahead to get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. I want to thank you again for making Locked on Stars your first listen of the day. Continuing, continuing on with today's episode to close out the week, the last episode of 2022, talking about some of the youth within this Dallas Stars organization, starting with Wyatt Johnston, who had a two-point night against the Minnesota Wild on Thursday. He is now tied with Seattle's Maddie Beneers for the first place spot in goals scored for NHL rookies this season at 11. I mean, he's been slowly but surely climbing the ranks of the goal scoring and slowly but surely climbing the ranks of the best rookies in the league this season. And I don't think Johnston was a guy that was on a ton of people's radars going into the year outside of Dallas. Of course, we've known how good he's been. We've been watching his you know, career develop whenever he was playing uh, in the OHL, putting up over 120 points last season at 18 years old. And then he makes the team as a 19 year old this season. And we think, okay, we know that he can dominate junior hockey, but is this something that can carry over into the NHL level? How long will it take for him to arrive per se as a consistent NHL forward? And he has put any questions and doubt and skepticism about his game to rest through the first 37 games of this season. He is a guy that absolutely no doubt has to be in the conversation for the Calder Trophy at this point in 
this season. And if things continue the way they've been, if Matty Beneers continues to have a good season uh, and a few of these other guys as well, Shane Pinto up in Ottawa is having a pretty good year. But if Wyatt Johnson is able to continue at the trajectory that he is currently at, scoring multiple goals a week, it seems at this point, and if Dallas finishes with a better record or you know makes the playoffs, and if Seattle doesn't, I don't think that, that it's quite a certainty that the Seattle Kraken make the playoffs this season, despite being in a decent spot in the Pacific right now. I, I think that at this point, I mean, you maybe I don't. It's hard to say you have to give the award to Wyatt Johnston, but if he continues to score goals and dominate the way that he's been dominating the game right now. I mean, I don't really see an argument for why, one, he shouldn't at least be a finalist for the award, but if he continues to score a ton of goals and surpass guys like Matty Benier, like Shane Pinto, uh, I mean, I, I really think that there's a legitimate case to be made. And this is, of course, all speculating that he continues to do what he's been doing. I mean, you expect a rookie to slow down at some point, but we're nearly halfway through the season. I mean, we're a few games from being halfway through the year, and White Johnston has shown no signs of slowing down. He is a phenomenal player, 19 years old, and we talked about it a little bit yesterday when we chatted with Seth from Locked on Wild. Tons of humility from this kid. I mean, he is one of the best forwards on this team, can score seemingly with ease, and I know he was a dominant player at the OHL level as well, but you don't really see him doing too much celebrating. Of course, he celebrates with his teammates, but you talk to him after games. He's pretty soft-spoken. He, he's pretty laid back and relaxed even after games, even after games where he's played incredibly well and, and quick to credit his teammates and compliment the veterans and really, you know, talking about how they've taken him under his their wing and mentored him and taught him how to be a professional on and off the ice. I mean, just truly a special kid, a special talent that the Stars got late in the first round of the 2021 draft. And Wyatt is just one member of the Stars organization that fans should be very excited about having on this team long term. Of course, Johnston, 19 years old, still on his entry level contract until 2025. So the Stars getting an incredibly talented, gifted score for less than $900,000 a season for the next few years. You, of course, have Logan Stankoven, also not even 20 years old yet, dominating his junior hockey league as well with the Kamloops Blazers, and also putting on quite the show in the World Juniors right now. Seven points right now through the, through the first few handful of games for Team Canada. He's playing incredibly well alongside some of the other biggest names in Canadian hockey, Shane Wright and Connor Bedard. Connor Bedard just putting up ridiculous numbers at the World Juniors, but Logan Stankoven right alongside those two players playing incredibly well. I think he is a shoe-in for the Dallas Stars roster next season. I cannot wait to see him playing in victory green alongside Wyatt Johnston and the other members of this team's roster. Of course, you have the man of the season, Jason Robertson, only 23 years old and for sure a Dallas star until 2026. But I'm sure as soon as the time comes for there to be even a discussion of a new eight-year contract for Jason Robertson, that that deal will get done. That deal will get done as soon as it possibly can to keep Robo in Texas for as long as possible. And even on the defensive side of the ice, you have Miro Haskinen, also 23 years old and here until the year 2029. At least Jake Ottinger is 24. Rope Hintz is 26. Niels Lundqvist is only 22 years old and still on his ELC until 2024. A plethora of really good talent. You have some players at the AHL as well that have shown that they can come up and contribute in big ways for this team that can play those middle six roles or those middle of the pack defenseman roles 
as well. There is a ton to be excited about with this year's Dallas Stars team. I think they have the potential to make a deep run in the playoffs, but even if things don't end the way we want them to this season, which is a possibility, there's still tons to be excited about for the future of this organization. Jim Nill and the front office have done a phenomenal job at drafting, picking up free agents, making trades, and building this team not only for success now, but for success in the future. We're going to take one more quick break, but when we come back, we'll give you a quick preview of Saturday's game. The Stars returning home for one quick matchup with the San Jose Sharks before heading to the West Coast for some games against the Kings and the Ducks. More on Saturday's New Year's Eve game right after this. Closing out today's episode of Locked on Stars, getting you prepared for Saturday's game, the last game of 2022. The San Jose Sharks come back to town for the second and final time this season for a date with our Dallas Stars and the Sharks as a team not too much better off than where they were the last time they came to Dallas earlier in the year. But as we know, that doesn't mean a whole lot in terms of how the game will go and what the results will give us. Dallas was embarrassed by the Sharks the last time out, and they really can't afford to make that mistake again. We now truly know kind of where both of these teams are. Dallas, a true Western Conference contender, or at least striving to be, and the San Jose Sharks sitting near the bottom of the league standings, looking to be in the Connor Bedard sweepstakes, and I'm sure especially after they've seen what he's been doing with Team Canada in the World Juniors. They would love to have him uh, on their roster for the next several seasons. And the Sharks, not playing incredibly well. They've won, uh, at least at the time of recording this, one out of their last five games. They're currently, actually, while I'm recording this, in overtime against the Philadelphia Flyers. And actually, as I say that, the Flyers have actually just won the game in overtime. So the Sharks taking another loss, although this one in OT, but not doing particularly well in the wins department over the past week or so. Um, and like I said, near the bottom of the league and standing seventh in the Pacific Division are the San Jose Sharks. And this is just kind of a funky, weird circumstance game for the Stars, a one-stop game at home before another brief two-game road trip that starts next week and a back-to-back -back road trip at that games against the Los Angeles Kings and the Anaheim Ducks. So not a ton of travel between games as both teams play around the same area in the greater Los Angeles Anaheim, you know, sector of the country, but still kind of a weird game, you know, one stop at home on a holiday. It's New Year's Eve. You know, guys have already been on the road the past couple of days after Christmas, just kind of a weird, funky time in the schedule and a game that the stars cannot take lightly. They need to find a way to kind of overcome some of the quote-unquote adversity of it just being New Year's Eve, a holiday, and knowing that you're going back on the road early in the coming week uh, against one really good team and one really bad team. And they're, I mean, it's kind of like how this Sharks roster is. There's a few really good players and some guys that either just aren't that talented, uh, I mean, to put it kindly, or they're just really young and kind of trying to find their footing still. But guys, you got to keep an eye on, of course, some of the same old customers with this team. Eric Carlson continuing to have a Norris Trophy caliber season. Timo Meyer, Tomas Hurdle. I mean, these guys are pretty top heavy and have some really good talent at the top of their defensive core and in their top six of their forward group, some guys that can burn you as the Stars learned last time that they met up against the Sharks. And if you look at their stats, they're kind of all over the place. They're only 20th in the NHL in goals scored at 20, 
fifth in the NHL in goals against, so they do give up quite a bit of goals. The goal differential not looking very good for the San Jose Sharks, finding themselves in the middle of the pack in power play, uh, 15th in the NHL on power play percentage. But this is the weird part of the San Jose Sharks statistics. They're actually first in the National Hockey League in penalty kill percentage. The best team in the league at killing penalties. The Stars also in the top five, one of the best units in the league at keeping the puck out of the net when they're down a man. But the Sharks, despite being one of the worst teams in the league, are one of the best defensively when they're down a player on the ice for at least two minutes, which is just kind of an anomaly. But also, I mean, I guess if you're a Sharks fan or you follow this team, that that's something that you can take a little bit of pride in, as well as having one of, if not the best defensemen in the league right now, on your team in Eric Carlson. But the Stars, if they want to win this game, I think they have to continue to do what they've been doing over the past few games. Although it hasn't worked great, they've been finding ways to win the special teams battle. And I think that that was a huge reason for the win last night against the Minnesota Wild. And of course, that goal in Nashville, even though they went one for six on the power play, that one goal that they did get paid huge dividends for them in a game that wasn't very high scoring, where every goal matter. This is a game where you can't allow the Sharks to go on the power play because, I mean, 15 is middle of the pack. It's not a bad power play by any means, and this team can certainly burn you on the man advantage, but you also have to find a way to execute on your own power play despite going up against the best kill in the league. That's easier said than done, but I think both units have been playing pretty well overall as of late, and I think if they get a lot of chances and they get this Sharks team to play undisciplined and commit a lot of penalties, the Stars can find a way to bury the puck one or two times at the very least on the power play, and I think that could be the huge difference maker, and of course, uh, I think a good goaltending performance could go a long way as well. We might see Scott Wedgwood just to give Jake Ottinger a little bit of time off before the Stars hit the road again, but of course, we'll learn a little bit more about that come Saturday. I know the Stars not practicing on Friday, and I don't think they'll really hit the ice again until morning skate on Saturday, but should be a fun game, and hopefully the Stars can get us one more win in 2022 before we head into the new year. But that is going to do it for today's episode of Locked on Stars. Thank you again for tuning in and making us your first listen of the day. Subscribe on YouTube, follow on your favorite podcasting platform, follow on social media at Locked on Stars, Instagram, and Twitter. Be sure to tune in back here on Monday. We'll be talking about this game against the Sharks and getting prepared for the week ahead as the Stars look to take on some of the teams from Southern California. But I hope you guys have a great Friday. Happy New Year. We'll see you here in 2023. Have a great end of 2022, Stars fans. Stay safe. Be smart. Have some fun on New Year's Eve, but stay safe, and we'll see you back here on Monday.